0: everybody, you're very welcome to the Open Training College podcast series. In today's podcast, Alaco McCauley-Savage and Dr. Noeline Fox are discussing supporting individualised living and alternative services.
1: Hello, the two Level 8 students who are here for the uh, webinar. Uh, so Alaco is going to talk us through the assignment brief. And then we can have a discussion on in more detail on it if that's what you'd like to do if other people join i would just let them in as they arrive and we'll be finished by eight. okay so i will hand over
2: to alico thanks nolan hello again i'm marie and siné remind uh, Reminder again as you're going through your last module isn't it fantastic so just to say, which I think is fantastic, and uh, you probably saw, Nolene is the uh, author of the module and the real topic expert, which is fantastic, fantastic for me as well. So just to say that, so uh, Nolene's input, I think, would be great for all of us. So having discussed it, as Nolene said, so I'm just going, so a couple of things. I'm just going to go through, if you like, the emphasis points on the assignment. And
0: the norms, I
2: suppose, I probably be the two of you have already had a really good look at the site and the resources, and uh, so the, the the support pieces in the context of the assignment. Obviously, the brief and the rubric, and Joe has done. Anne Marie, I think you heard said you listened to that in the podcast. He's yeah. also referred to. If you like the litty gritties of the assignment. So I won't go through that too much. But recap maybe, really just as I said, on the assignment, the three parts of it and the, where the emphasis is. And then in terms of the content and what's expected of you, uh, what you'd expect to see in it as you read it and assess it, Nolan's going to take that up more. So as it is, if you if you like, the three parts, we know it's the essay, which is worth 60%. The word count for that is 2,500. Then we have the case study, which is worth 35%. percent we'll talk about that very briefly. And then the online activities, which are the 5%, making up the total of 100%. As I said, Noli will be talking about that. I have to say, when I uh, looked, at, um, looked at the assignment in particular, I hope that you'll find, like I did, it's very straightforward. Really, if you follow the guidelines and ensure that you cover and demonstrate your knowledge and your understanding of what you're being asked to do, it's actually very straightforward. I don't know, was that your view as you looked at it? Yeah. yeah. After that, good, good. Okay, so the first part, and i sort of underlined, you know, I always think myself when I'm looking at something, it's good to underline, if you like, key words, so where the emphasis is because very often we can write about something and write very well, um, but we miss out on the key, if you like, verbs, I suppose, that we're asked to. So as we look at that, critically evaluate the capacity of the uh, agency that you work with, so the one you work with Anne-Marie, and the brothers of charity too for you, Sinead, to deliver, manage and maintain individualised services to those people that you are supporting um, and that use the service taking into account and i'll just give you the emphasis words if you like in a moment the internal attributes of the agency and the legislative policy and administration or administrative environment within which it operates so if i was kind of going to do that i would make sure that i emphasize critically for example and we know that especially at your level. If you're critically evaluating something, you're really looking at it from different perspectives, and good, bad, and indifferent. So the critical discussion is always where you get those marks that you want. It's not critical and it's just one view maybe you're not going to do as well. And then you're being asked to evaluate. So you're asked, being asked to critically evaluate um, in terms of having developed your knowledge and your understanding, and a very good understanding of individualized services, the benefits, the challenges, all of the aspects that relate to it, which we've mentioned. And you're taking that and evaluating your service again. So you're you're, uh, examining it, you're examining all of those elements, and you're taking your agency um, and you're evaluating it against, if you like, best practice in individualized services. Um, and we'll talk about that a little bit more, and Loli will talk about that a little bit more. And um, then I will be underlining the elements, if you like, the key elements in there. So you're looking at the delivery. So as you look at individualized service and evaluating your agency, so how would your agency be in delivering? individualized services, in managing those individualized services and ensuring in that management the maintenance of it. So the ongoing, all of the areas of, you know, planning, delivering, evaluating, follow-up and all of that. I would be underlining those and I would also then be ensuring that I was looking at both the, the, the influences, if you like, so both internal and external and they're very well covered so i would be making sure that i would uh if, if you like identify clearly those influences in the context of your agency and what part they would play in the delivery management and maintenance of as i said we'll go back to that uh, within which it operates so do you want to jump in there Loline, or will we go back to that I just go through the other two pieces? Yeah, sure, fire ahead. Is, is, that, is that okay yeah. so far? Okay, the second piece um, is very straightforward. So you're given the case study, um, and what you're asked to do is from that guidance, if you like, for you yourself to devise and develop, so an individualized plan for a service user that you have known or that you know at the moment and you're not expected to carry that out so you're devising a plan for this if you like person that's in your mind that makes sense so you don't have to go through the process and the guidance forms and all of that that are provided to you that makes sense So develop an individualized plan uh, that you support or have supported. Personally, you know, I don't know, would you agree with that? If I was doing that, I would get into my head somebody that I do support or has supported to make that person a real person. I think you go through the steps in a much better way. Um, uh, But you're not required to undertake that. You're required to use the material. So again, really, everything. That you're going to need for this part is in unit two and three. It's there already and you're following that. And we know that really, you know, it's very much uh, probably the experience you have, you are using that in terms of person-centred planning. The discovery process is a big part of that. Again, we we'll go back to that. Um, and in your case study, use really important here, I'd be underlining it, in your case study, you use principle of social role valorization. So that's really, really important, if you like, in ensuring that that's the focus of working through that process. Is that okay so far? Yeah, very, but very straightforward, and so we'll come back to it, but that's really that, that part that, as I said, I think is very clearly explained what you're being asked to do, and all of the, if you like, support documentation that you need to take uh, your own, uh, somebody's coming in early and everything, some of these babas around, are there some of these t- is yeah. that babas should to, yeah. take, to take that process and apply it. And I suppose we'd all say, and even if there, I love that whole process. I think it's such, um, such a part, isn't it? And it's so fun done that or you're doing involved in that already to kind of reaffirm it and work through it and get you thinking and reflecting and so forth. So I think that's a really good part of the assignment. Um, we've been asked to complete the profile having undertaken this the discovery process. So you would expect to see that as an appendix. So sort of to complete the process and provide that evidence of it. Uh, to suggest um, really important this part as well. And we have done this more I think the circle of support have you
0: yeah
2: we've done that so the circle of support as you look at this person and you get to know them and discover their capacities and their skills and their challenges and their needs and their goals and all of that the likelihood is that you will look that they will most definitely need it moving to their individualized needs, but they won't, you won't get there without ensuring that you have a good circle of support to support them. So part of your role, I suppose, in facilitating that process is to identify, having got to know the person, who and what are the supports they are, that are needed. So it's a really important part of the because getting it right initially and monitoring it and adapting and changing, if needed, as you go along is key, really, to the success of meeting the needs, particularly individually for the person. Um, And you are, I suppose, part of of that and in continuing that, you're focusing on, you're not going to get everything and all of the goals and the needs. So probably, and in writing about it, you're identifying, I suppose, (coughs) The features of good support for the person. That's all part of that. You know, these this is the circle of support. These are the supports that I've identified that are needed. These are the, the people or persons or agency supports or other agency supports that I believe are needed. And the rationale why uh, these people are in this circle of support. Is that okay so far? Yeah. Again, it's very well covered. And then the final piece of it in terms of outlining the assignment is the online piece, very clear again. And you're discussing the normal three contributions. uh, No, one contribution and three responses. And you really are looking at the benefits and the challenges. Again, really good for us all. But you're looking at having added to your experience and your knowledge and so forth. Evaluating and, in this case, discussing it with your peers what are the benefits that you know uh, now, particularly um, to the delivery of individualized services? And, of course, there are many challenges, you'll also cover that in your assignment. But, in terms of your discussion, learning about as you see it, or learning about first of all, giving your as you see it challenges and learning from others among those others what are the challenges that you perceive and I would go on then wouldn't you know to say how would you see getting around those I know he's going to talk about risk assessment and so forth so that will come in very much to that so in terms of uh, that outline of the assignment anything that's not clear Isabel there that you need to ask so I was with
0: um with the second part of the assignment, the individual planning in that. Um, so while we're not actually completing a discovery as part of the assignment, we would you attach a brief kind of appendix with regards to somewhat of a discovery. Absolutely, you would be
2: expected to do a discovery. Right. Uh, to do a discovery as such, as such in your head. Yes. You're not expected to sit with somebody and go through the process. Yes you yeah. you're doing it retrospectively, in a way. Perfect. But yeah. you, yes, Anne-Marie, you would. You would be expected. This is a, you know, it's 35%, I think. So you would be very much expected. Having done that, use the support documentation in Unit 2 and 3 and put those Thank in you. as appendices. Is that okay with you, Sinead? Yes, yeah, it is. Is that okay with you? Yeah. Is that okay?
1: So you can, you can use a person that you're currently working with.
2: Yes. Yeah
1: don't have to go off and make up that yeah. so long as you're not one of the big reasons we used a case study rather than actually students getting students to do this in real life, is that in lots of cases you won't be able to deliver on an individualized service because it's not <coughs> your gift to give. Um, and if you start even asking questions it raises people's expectations and that's just unethical.
0: Yeah. Perfect. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, sorry, Nolene. No, go ahead. No, I was just going to say again, you know, so in addition to, if you like, the, the practical elements of all of this, like anything, you will be expected to demonstrate your knowledge of theory yeah. to practice. Practice you know, that's very well. So you would expect to see, obviously, that you understood very clearly the key features of individualised services, um, you know, and in, in terms of, the, you know,
0: the, the, what that is to the person. So not a shadow
2: of doubt, about I understand it and the process of it and the importance of it and all of that. So you'd be expected to give that knowledge, if you like, and in their own, level eight, the theory to practice piece. Um, you would be definitely expecting to see, uh, obviously, you know, legislation, policy, environment. Now, tell me if you want me to go into that more. But would, they would be some of the inclusions, if you like, of the demonstration of your knowledge. So as a background, almost, you would be expecting to see that uh, in terms of then evaluating your service. Uh, against that framework, if you like. Uh, you'd expect, you'd be expected, what you do, to show your understanding of uh, Roman valorization, uh, you know, maybe to think more of something about Wolfsburg or John O'Brien and so forth. So you would expect to see all of that. You would expect to see, wouldn't you? And again Nolene will, will take that up, I'm sure, but you would expect to see, you know, in dis-, in your discussion of individualised services, your knowledge and understanding of funding and the different types of payment, so direct, indirect and so forth. And again, that's covered, I think, in probably unit two. Is it I think unit one. Unit yeah. One. yeah. Um, and I suppose so you know, that may be where your research in the context of your own organisation will come in because a lot of what is available is based on what is available in the UK because we don't have as such but hopefully changing we don't have an awful lot of I suppose knowledge and research in the Irish context and so it's there but not to the same extent just in terms of the funding Um. Let me see what else, you with know, the all of the supports and so forth, the standards. And then you would expect to see is that because there's quite a lot of comparison uh, in the module and otherwise in uh, from the UK, you would be expected because that's where you're a professional and that's where we're talking about what the situation is in Ireland, what what commission was set up, what came out of that, what's happening at the moment and again your knowledge and your understanding of that in this 2020 project that's uh, going on at the moment that's being put on hold because of COVID. So you would expect to see that in the context of your knowledge and understanding relevant to your evaluation in your own i the second thing I notes here um, and the discovery we talked about then just there in terms of that process and that's covered very well and the support documentation it's very well covered step by step in unit. Is that okay so far? Yeah. yeah. Then, if there's any questions after perhaps Tony, morning teased out for that machine obviously the expert on risk assessment, getting around um, you know, the attitude towards positive risk that we're not great at uh, and you'll probably have some questions after that. Is that okay Nolene? Perfect. Yep.
1: So is there any particular place either you would like me to start talk or any particular issues? Um.
0: No, just whatever, Norlin. Okay, so this
1: is a capstone module and it's done at the end because it is expected that students will bring the knowledge that they've gained from all of the other modules into this, both this year and stuff that they would have done in the past. So there isn't a huge amount in the module on the legislation or the kind of details. So when you're looking at the external environment, you're looking specifically, particularly, you'd be looking at the decision making act um you'd be looking at the crpd and ireland having signed and ratified that and what that means so in a way i think one of the key t- documents you could look at is they're both on the learning center is the general comments from the un on articles 19 and article 12. And what they do is they set, well. look particularly at the one on Article 19, and they very specifically set out, this is what independent living means. And in order to achieve that, you need to have uh, an individualized service. So I think the argument would be that you cannot achieve the rights in the CRPD in the absence of individualized service. And the question of funding, we don't have individualised funding in any sense in this country, but even in its absence, we, people still have a right to an individualised service. So the people that you work with, even though they maybe uh, aren't getting individualised services or individualised funding and probably never will, that doesn't mean that they don't have individual choices that they want to make every day. So it's about, so when you're thinking about the assignment, it's about, well, how can we make that possible for the people we support so you'd be looking So you looking at the, the external environment is like the crpd uh, support sports decision making etc but internally you're looking at policy and i think the boc in chair is probably very good at this so that might be just my own bias but i think it probably is at about the whole area of risk enablement so that you are positively Supporting people to take risks and putting in place individualised safeguards or intentional safeguards to support them in making the risk. Because in some organisations, or maybe it's at some times, risk assessments can become about protecting the agency as opposed to protecting the person. So that in the guise of protecting the person, we're maybe actually protecting the reputation of the agency. Because, you know... What if he, do you remember, maybe you don't, a few years ago, Rehab Care brought a group of people to Paris. Do you remember that? No. I don't
0: know.
1: Yeah. How thinking, because one poor man disappeared from them. So they had a group of people with intellectual disability in Paris, and one of the men just wandered off. And he was missing for about five days. I don't know if you remember that. Mm-hmm.
2: Exactly. Apparently,
1: he had a ball. But
2: <laughs> I bet he had. That's
1: an individualized service. Absolutely. <laughs> the agency was hauled over the coals for it. And I remember the guy, whoever it was, from Rehab Care, talking about it. And he was trying to explain this about... was a very able man we had done all kinds of risk assessment in order to support him and his friends to go to paris and he wanted when he was in paris to go out on his own just for a walk i haven't thought about it they said okay off you go but because they allowed him to take a risk that went wrong they were hauled over the cold so it's whether the agency that you work with is able to support staff when things go wrong. Assuming that staff have done all the things that are needed to do to try to make sure that the person is safe and that the person has got um, the kind of support they need to do the thing they want to do. So it's it's an attitude thing. It's about how do we support the person because if we don't support the person to do whatever it is they want to do, there is another harm to him in that yeah. <laughs> he doesn't get to make his choices. He doesn't get to live his life. And it's easy for agencies to say well it's easier just to keep him in, rather than to support him to go out, because they will get called over the cause of things go wrong. One of the things I was talking to Elif about this earlier on the podcast with Vincent, he talked about one of the men who I know, uh, going uptown. They're in and right Going uptown. Wherever he was going, it started to rain and he stood into the hotel to avoid the rain. And while he was there, the staff gave him a cup of tea. And obviously he took that to mean I can always go in there and get a cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely, isn't
2: it? <laughs> and he kept That doing was
1: it. brilliant. Yeah. And eventually the people in the hotel rang Vincent and said, Look, but you're gonna to have to do something here. So, but rather than kind of stop him ever going back for a cup of tea or berating him or whatever they went back to square one to say look at joe you can't keep doing that if you go in there you have to pay for your tea like everybody else so it's like learning as well and can the organization yeah. the organization's policy support you in doing that yeah. yeah um so that's something about looking at the vulnerabilities of the person what are the safeguards that can be put in place to support him doing what he wants despite his vulnerability. And the vulnerability is not just being the risk that he might get knocked down by a car, but that it's equally important that his life is restricted if you don't allow him or support him to do what he wants to do. Now, some agencies can do that very well. Some are very risk-averse and can't do it. So that partly is about policy in terms of risk assessment risk management i'm sure you have a risk po- a policy in relation to restriction free environments or some such thing i'm not sure what it might be called um but it's as much about the culture of the organization like does it have a culture which allows staff to do that and which allows service users to actually make choices because every single agency in the country you will see if you look at their mission statements or their uh, vision statement, they're all about people living the life they want in
2: their community. I thought, Nolene, if I may, yeah, on yeah. that podcast that, that Joe talked about, yeah. an interesting point, I don't know, would, would, you make, would you agree with it? He said, not specifically, you know, just about that, but he said, interestingly, all of you, young, you, uh, if you like, you go to your and yeah. all of that find because of your value base and all of that much easier to do, for example, in terms of risk and that than the if you like more mature staff yeah. uh, who would go for the safe option. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But even for people in your position,
1: what you actually need is the support of your line manager. So that he or she is going to see, say to you, keep going, keep going, you know, they're not going to let you just do stupid things or whatever, but that the organization has to have a way of supporting staff to do the individualization, because it's a bit different from the group-based stuff, which is much safer. Um, and it it involves challenging yourself and challenging your colleagues, and also sometimes challenging families, a bit, not in any kind of a confrontational way, but... About looking at the person positively and what can that person do that maybe they never tried before. One of the things that struck me when I was uh, thinking about the discovery process is how ingrained we, although we don't think we are, we often have got very deeply embedded biases of our own. And I was thinking about a young woman I met many years ago who came to see me. Good night. <laughs> who was looking at the possibility of changing her. She was had been out of school for a few years and she was wondering about going on to do something else. She would have been what was called a slow learner. So she was in the, you know, the class that was, uh, now this was long before your time, um, where there would have been no expectation of her. Anyway, in she comes to me and I go through all the various things, looking at what could she do, and she talked about cooking and various things. Uh, womanly type things that she thought she might get into. And as she was leaving, I said to her, how are you getting home? Is your mother or father collecting? He, she said, oh no, I'm driving. So she was about 18 or 17. <laughs> and I said, you no driving, you're saying you've got your license. She said, oh, I just love cars. She lived it, loved the lot inside of cars. She loved all that mechanical stuff. She didn't really need to be good at reading, writing and math to do it. She said, and it never... Her to me to ask her. Yes, yeah. Because it's very interesting. interesting. My own bias was, here's the young girl, you know, if we can get her fixed up, work it in a hotel or the tourism industry, wouldn't that be lovely? It, I, it was a, I've never forgotten that lesson.
0: That's funny actually, Nolan, because in the in the meeting this evening, yes. the young woman that um, I was planning with, she said she'd like to take driving lessons. Yeah. <laughs> And I was sitting there going, I would never have thought to ask her, would she like to have <laughs> That's great. Oh, so there you go. Yeah. yeah.
1: So it's about yeah. somehow being able to, it, so this, partly, I suppose, particularly the discovery process, it is much about you standing back and in some ways not unknowing what you think you already know. Because it is, because one of the things for us who are in positions of employees or you've got power over the person and it's about being able to forget about that and try to create a, a context where the person can speak can actually speak and not tell you what they've always told everybody uh, or behave in a way that they've always behaved so it's a really exciting process if you can this is, I'm just going out yeah. the of there if you can if you can take that take that step
2: back yeah. And yeah. it's a process, knowing, is it, isn't it really? It's a process for any vulnerable person. Absolutely. Absolutely. In yeah. life generally. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Have either of you done work or done any training in social role valorisation? You probably have, have you?
0: The, the organisation rolled out um, a mandatory training. It used to be called Vision and Values. Yeah. But we changed then to. Uh, individual lifestyles, I think, is what it's now called. Yeah. And now, actually, they're rolling out training on POMs, which is what we're actually going to be working from. But obviously, it's postponed at the minute, but, yeah. but yeah. that's kind of along social valorization. And POMs aren't very different, really, are they?
1: Except that POMs, look, this is just my experience of it, Anne Marie. Yeah. It, it's as good as the person who's using it. Yeah, okay. That's. So, if you've got uh staff uh, you know a key worker whoever who uh, you know really wants things to move and change and be in sync with what the person wants can be really useful on yeah. the other hand if somebody just sees it says oh well look what, i have to complete this every year or every six months or whatever it is then they just tick the box but i think the key thing about social role valorization is when you have hopefully opened up your mind and been able to think about a person more broadly. So the next step is then is well how are we going to progress this? How are we going to put in place um, a ty- how are we going to put in place a plan that will help the person get moved towards where they want to go But for social roles, from a social role valorization perspective, the question always is how do people in this community normally have that need met? So you're never looking to a segregated option unless you absolutely have tried everything else. Okay. And that's on the basis that very often people will have little experience of mainstream options because from when they were children, they were probably in special services or segregated services. But they won't know a lot about how to be in, those serv- or in the mainstream services. And they may well have to learn it, and we have to accept that's part of our job. They may have to learn, like Joe did, that you don't just get given a cup of tea because you happen to be a person with a disability, and you happen to hop into a hotel. In real life, you pay for your cup of tea. Yes. yes, yes. So that's part of the plan. That they identify something like they like to do, they try it out, and through that, then you discover something else. Yes.
2: The
1: person. Um and I suppose the other thing which is part of the part of unit three, I think, the circles of support. In Ireland the circles of support have never taken off in the way that they seem to have taken off in parts of America, Australia, Canada. I think culturally we don't like people don't like those kind of formal people are very happy to help out. But if I ask my neighbour, "Will you be in the circle of support circle for my daughter?", she might say, "Well, I'm happy to, you know, have her over or to bring her swimming." But I don't want to be going to meetings really. And um, so the circle of support does not have to be a formal thing. And sometimes, if you think the person you're thinking about, you might be just thinking about you and maybe one other person or two other people. But you need to get started. And if you wait for a full circle to be
2: in place, you know, you could wait in two years. Okay. And it's, isn't it, Nolene, it's, it's something that you need to be good at facilitating, isn't it? Yes. yes. Because you can get people who join a circle of support. They sort of want to do it their way dominate you yeah, know. yeah. so I think part of your skill is you have to be good in your role a facilitating that yeah. circle that never lose sight of the person yeah that you're here to support yeah yeah yeah
1: um I don't think there's any more is there anything more on the area of the case study or the essay no um, questions? It is much easier to do this if you have an actual
2: person in your head. Oh, I would, I would agree 100%. Yeah. And that person can be, if you don't have somebody, I think you were just speaking about the person you have, Anne-Marie, but if it's somebody that you have supported and maybe didn't get the opportunity to go as far as you would have liked to have gone, it's still a much better scenario if you know, in a real person that you can envisage uh, what their life might be, yeah. considering their needs and their goals and so forth. Yeah. And it's a re- one of the big things is, when doing
1: discovery and planning, is to fully appreciate people's vulnerabilities. Yeah. Both those arising from, you know, being restricted um, in their life But also those that maybe arise from behaviour issues um, or from, you know, kind of a gullibility that people don't understand, you know, how to form relationships, for example, but that the plan needs to fully recognise those so that you don't go around saying, oh, well, sure, look at it, it'll be fine, or, you know, so we'll let them off. Um, But that the plan has to take account of those and put the safeguards in place to allow the person to do what they want to do Find them safely, uh, because if you ignore the vulnerabilities, it's at your peril, and you're setting the person up to fail, and actually myself and Alec were talking about this earlier on, it's that, so agencies like the Brothers of Charity and Claire and elsewhere would say, oh, you know, we're all for people developing their own circles, or their own networks, um, support networks. But when it comes to the person actually forming their own relationships with their neighbours or whoever, we get a bit of a fright. I don't know how the brothers in Clare deal with that. Um, but, for example, I know a man, who, that is a few years ago, he moved to a small village. And he struck up a friendship with a local farmer. And the next thing he was out helping the farmer move cattle and save the turf and what, he was in his element. Elements. The agency didn't know what to do there he was going off he had gone off to the bog for the day with the man get a few
0: pounds
2: left. so
0: what would your agency do with that position There would be risk assessed i suppose on our side but like i must say the one thing i've seen since i started in the social care role is that it's a very proactive risk assessment it's always about the person doing what they want to do like you know
1: and and also maintaining the relationship with the farmer
0: yes absolutely yeah so that's my experience of where I'm working in that particular area I'm working I know Sinead is in a different town
2: what about you Sinead
0: she's similar as well yeah so that's very similar
1: so that'll be one of the key things that would determine how well your agency is able to support the individualization of services. If yeah. it's prepared to if it's found a way to manage that in a way that doesn't that manages that risk in a way that doesn't interfere with the person's own relationship with his neighbor or his friend. Yeah. I mean that's a very good indication. Yeah, no. And where would that, would you have that written in, you would
0: have that written in some policy document? So, obviously there would be a risk assessment around it, um, but then that would be also lead on to, it would be mentioned in the plan. So, yeah, individual planning at the minute, it would be community inclusion, possibly would be a relationships domain. So it would be mentioned anywhere is that, say relationships, community inclusion, Yes. And meaningful employment, actually, or social roles, yes, because yes, that yes. would be, you know, so it would actually get a mention in all of those areas.
1: And it's exactly the kind of thing you want a person to be doing. Absolutely. So, so you imagine that's what you're there for? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. But some agencies would might be more worried about it and might be asking the neighbour or the farmer, would he go and get garbage at it? Yes. No, I don't know any farmer who will say, yeah, 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 I want to go for a <laughs> run a mile <laughs> <crack> from <of page. laughs> Yeah, yeah. So those are the kind of issues to be, you'll be looking at. Okay, okay. Yeah. And the last piece in the uh, assignment, or uh, in the assessment brief, is the online piece. And that really is mainly drawing from unit one. Um. And that's looking at the risks and benefits of individualised budgets and individualised services for social care workers. Not just for, well, for social care workers and for people with disabilities, but there are many. Uh, if we were to transform our whole social care system like they have in the UK, where would social care workers be? They're too highly paid. They wouldn't be employed as personal assistants. They may be involved in kind of coordinating or developing individualized plans, but there's also the risk then about, so there's the role of social care workers in an individualized, fully individualized service or a system, but there's also the question of, and, and I think this is a really interesting one, it's about the idea, particularly in Britain, where they've had the welfare state for longer than most other countries. And that's based on the idea of collective responsibility for each other, um, so that the so and the NHS is is a good example of that, and they're rightly very proud of it. Um, so that if you get sick, you get your treatment at point of entry free. This individualisation of budgets, particularly and services, has forced people into individual uh, little pockets. So there is a risk for people in that, and one of the things, and this is in the module, that where council all of the money for personal budgets goes through council, the local councils, and they have they, when they're doing their assessment of needs, they divide people into critical, substantial, moderate, and low level. And during the last economic crisis, they cut funding completely for all levels except the two most severe which meant that there were thousands of people who were left with no service. So that's one risk. And the question that's being raised by academics, particularly in the UK, is that is personalisation of funding and personalisation of budgets undermining an important collective value that's embodied in the welfare state? Now, it might be a philosophical question, but it's also something we just should think about as in that direction.
2: Janet just gone. I
0: think just gone. gone.
2: You're on your own, Anne Marie.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I have a tutorial. Hang on a second now. I'll
2: expect 100% in this one. (laughs) No bribery
0: now, Anne Marie. That's not your style. Definitely, I'll be putting in for it. I suppose I actually completed the online thing, but now. that I'm just wondering like I had started it because I've been looking at the module for a while and I suppose with regards to my understanding which I think now is totally off benefits and challenges I there's a lot of what I mentioned was around um, so you have the social care role but it's attached to so much else in the line of there's an upkeep of everything uh, file wise and not enough at mid time and stuff like that so the allocation, I suppose, of time to social care workers. So that's not really the right answer. Probably not, anyway. No. Refocus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> re- focus. yeah. So I'll i go back now and I, I'll redo re- the whole thing. It's not a huge
1: thing. I mean, if you think about the disability and equality module. Yeah. So that, I suppose, was talking about the philosophical underpinnings of how we treat people with disability. Yeah.
0: And I think this is an
1: important one. Um, in terms of the so there is a widespread welcome among well most most disability activists are personalised budgets, but there is at the same time a real concern that it underlines their collective voice. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So although on a practical level people do actually what people want is their own lives. But yeah. they also yeah. want to be part of a collective That's an important philosophical underpinning for how we govern our state. Okay, okay. That's one. one. Now, there is also other implications for the role of social care workers, absolutely. Oh yeah, yeah, that's what
0: I was saying, obviously, but yeah. Yeah, no, no, that makes
1: sense now. So we're glad you joined, (laughs) Anne-Marie. Me
0: too, Annika. Was so there
1: any other thing that we haven't touched on? Covered in it. I'm just that
0: um, no, that's, I mean, for me, that's fine. And there are tutorials already up, I yeah, see. Up. Up.
2: Yes, Anne-Marie, yeah. Yeah. So there are tutorials. Because, you know, it's the first one, there's no workshop and things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, as always, if you have anything or you need email a tutorial in. in between, just let me know. Perfect, perfect. Is that okay?
1: Yeah. For the tutorial. Tutorial anyway,
0: yeah. Yeah. Lovely to see and talk (laughs) to you. Thank you, ladies. Thanks, Million. Bye. Thanks, Million. Take care. Bye. Bye -bye. bye.